Welcome to Set Free 24-7. I'm Robert. I am your guide on this journey through the message. Today's episode is Bread, Belief, and Beyond, and it promises to be a banquet of spiritual insights as we delve into some of the most nourishing passages of Scripture. We're going to start out at the table with Jesus in Matthew 26, verses 17 to 35, witnessing the poignant moments of the Last Supper. Here we're going to break bread with the disciples and uncover the deeper meanings behind Christ's word and actions, and then explore how this supper sets the stage for what's to come. Then we're going to shift over to Hall in Romans 10, and with his passionate words, he serves us a rich course of faith, righteousness, and salvation, challenging us to consider the depth and reach of our own beliefs. Then we're going to rewind back to the serene landscape of Psalm 63. We find a soulful yearning for God, a thirst that goes beyond the physical. This psalm offers a refreshing oasis of faith, reminding us of the enduring strength and comfort that's found in divine presence. And lastly, our journey takes us through the ancient paths of Deuteronomy 4 and 5. Here, Moses reminds us of God's laws and promises and invites us to reflect on our own commitment to faith and covenant. Bread, Belief, and Beyond isn't just a journey through the chapters and verses. It's an exploration of how these timeless truths feed our souls today. So whether you're hungering for historical context or simply a fresh perspective on your faith, you're in the right place. Let's get started on this journey through the message. Welcome, Heidi. How are you today? I am doing so well. Good. To those of you that are just joining in, my name is Robert. I'm here with my wife, Heidi. So Here we are going live again. So taking we, that leap again. Gluttons for punishment I know. we are. We like being on the edge a little bit. If you call reading the Bible live online, being oh, on yeah. the edge. It's super edgy. Is this what people in our age group do for wild and crazy fun? <clears throat> go live it's reading the Bible. Do. I think more people should. It's kind of great. It is kind of great. But so. here we are. It is a beautiful, sunny Sunday afternoon. Is it sunny? It, it was. It is. is I saw it? the sun's peeking out oh, there today. Then yeah, great. I'm going to say sunny. It's sunny in my heart. So it yeah, is. it's a sunny Sunday. How so. was your week? My week was good. <laughs> I saw my boy. <laughs> you d- I know what a great. So for those of you who don't know, Heidi yeah. has a son who's currently in the United States Marine Corps, and Ooh, yes, he is deployed. He is actively deployed. So it's been tough. We've mm. been definitely having him in our thoughts and prayers, right. and, but and no communication. It's a tense right. situation right now, Things and understandably are a so. Edgy. And the other day I get this text message from my wife and she just sends like, it's this huge heart emojis and then the picture that they took. And I'll let you tell about that picture. I will. So for those of you who may not know, this is my youngest son. I've had two children that I've given to the United States who have served in the Marine Corps. One is out now and is a firefighter. My baby is in the Marine Corps. I will not share first and last name. And that's simply just just safety and precautions, things like that. Anyways, he's my baby. Always will be. But he is also a fierce, well-trained warrior who serves our country proudly and well. And he was on a deployment. He was deployed this summer and was due back a few days 
after October 7. And mm. if you followed the news at all, you do know what happened on October 7. Not shockingly, that resulted in him not coming back. He was delayed in returning. And we have officially received official notice that his employment is indefinite. He has a particular job skill and job in the Marine Corps with a special ops capable unit that just have some skills that are good to have there. And yeah, it, it's difficult, but not seeing him, not speaking with him or hearing from him, it, it has your mind just running crazy. Sure. I know the realities. I know what we signed up for. I know nobody has to sugarcoat or tiptoe around me because I'm very well aware of it. But still, when it's your kiddo, you just live for any kind of news, anything at all. Well, the United States Marine Corps has official photographers, and on occasion, they will release their official photos that they've taken, and they had posted photos online. And as I do every night before I go to bed, I do a random scroll through, wrap up of the day, make sure I didn't miss anything. And yeah. I saw this Marine Corps site. And I just scrolled down through because I always do. We're a family. And my heart stopped <laughs> because the first photograph that showed up was my son, front and center, clear as day, alive and well mm -hmm. and strong, surrounded by his guys. What a gift that was from God. The last reading we had done we read in Psalms in that one. And there was a quote that David said to God. And basically it was saying, I will wait as long as you ask me to wait. Mm. I'd really been having a hard time with missing and longing yeah, to I speak to and hug that child of mine. Yeah. So I really had a heart-to-heart -heart with God. I shed a lot of tears and just struggling. So I finally just found myself with God, just tell him, you know how I feel. You know what I long for. You know what I want. Mm -hmm. But I'm handing him to you. And God, I will wait as long as you ask me to wait. And within a matter of days, I had a photograph of my child out of all the members in the Marine Corps. There was a photo that featured my son. And to me, that was a God moment. And I was so very thankful for that. Yes. I received news this past week. Also, my dear friend, Sarah. Hi, Sarah. I love you so much. Mm -hmm. And I think you are a beast, you little redheaded, crazy girl from New York. Red Solo Cup. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Sarah received words that some concerning spots that showed up in another mammogram she had come back appearing to be benign, non-cancerous. And we rejoice in that because she just had a large cancer mass removed on her other side. Mm -hmm. So this was very alarming and was... concerning to us who know and love her. But keep her in your prayers because she is dealing with this systemic rash that was a result of something used during surgery. She just happened to have an allergy to it. It's not that anybody made a knowing mistake or whatever. But since her surgery, which has been weeks and weeks ago now, she has this, this systemic, heavy, itchy rash that will just strike her all over her 
upper torso, front and back. So it's misery and it does affect healing. So keep her in her prayers, but also say thank you, God, for clearing her of any cancer. Mm -hmm. So I have had, I've really had a good week. And there's also been another amazing movement in something that I can't quite share with anybody now. I hope to soon. But it's a process that I've been in and I mm. have been moved forward and things are looking very hopeful. I'm just going to ask for general prayers over this situation. And I am like busting. I want to <laughs> share, but I cannot right now. And, yeah. But just pray over it. I have a little praise report for the Crossroads run. Mm. I know that this was back in September of 2023, but we still have students that are writing into me, mm. students across the country that explain, are in jail. Explain who the students are. Yeah. So the students are in jails and prisons across the country. I work for a ministry called Crossroads Prison Ministries, and I connected even internationally with somebody that we had on a couple episodes ago. His name is Lahai. Oh, and uh, shout great. out to Lahai and Hi, his Lahai. wife. And because uh, we know they're listening. The Crossroads Run was just a way for our ministry to really get in front of some other people. And then we put in a little blurb inside mm -hmm. of a publication that went into the jails and prisons just saying hey this is the day that we're going to be doing this and we had students from across the country write in all these beautiful letters and telling me we are going to be <laughs> yeah. praying for an hour we're going to be running for an hour we're going to be on the yard with our some were in solitary confinement mm -hmm. and inside of their solitary confinement they had measured their cell right now and tell them said, how big that is. Yeah, six feet by nine feet. So they're like, mm -hmm. this is how many times we're going to have to walk around our cell to in order to go that distance. So it was a mm -hmm. 5K, 10K run that we were doing. And we just had letters pour in. And this was back in September. I know you had me read some of those once to you in the car. Great. And they moved me to tears. Yes. I was just near sobbing. Yep. They wrote the in just it. sharing their stories, what the Crossroads Run meant to them. It was beautiful. And then I go into work mm -hmm. over the Christmas break. Mm -hmm. And I, I actually went in just this last week. And I went down to check my mail. And my mailbox was just <laughs> jam-packed with... I was like, what is going on here? And so I look and it's all letters from more mm -hmm. students, more men and women that are in jails and prisons across the country. Yeah. And something struck me while I was reading through some of these. There was somebody that had written on a postcard. It was a tiny little piece of blank paper. White. Blank white, nothing fancy. Mm -hmm. Both but, sides blank white. And that is all they have to communicate. Yeah. They don't have paper. They don't have envelopes. There's they don't no have privacy. Your no, words none. are open to the entire world yeah. to read. So all of these people wrote into me saying, hey, we were a part of the Crossroads run. We would love to have that certificate of completion. And I designed a certificate of participation to send all of the students that participated. Right. And it was beautiful. I mean, and I think word got out. And now we're definitely going to be using this as a tool to reach it's more amazing. and more students. So. I was going to ask you too, because I know I had to really stop and educate myself on what it is like for people who are incarcerated. So explain why it would mean something or be important for somebody to have that physical certificate. Like, why is that a big deal? To us, we might be, oh, that's nice. We set it on a desk or put it away or if we even keep it. Yeah. So 
Yeah. Explain why. When you're in jail and prison, there's everything is the same. Right. Nothing is different. Everybody's wearing the same thing. Everybody's doing the same thing. You're eating the same thing. Mm -hmm. Everything is the same. And that certificate, it's different because it shows something that they were able to participate mm -hmm. in, that they were able to join in. They were able to put forth some effort yeah. and it was recognized by people on the outside. outside. It was just very cool to hear from so many of the students for them to say, it felt like a unifying experience mm -hmm. to know that everybody there on the crossroads run was there supporting us and praying for us. Yeah. Meanwhile, we're here behind bars praying for you guys. Not one of the letters, and I got probably 60, 70 letters. Oh, it's just, it gives me chills. It's not amazing. one of them was somebody complaining about their circumstances. Mm -mm. They were all joyful. They were all That's what got like, me. just eager they to participate. Excited. You yes. could just read the excitement in the words to have some connection to outside, yeah. something different, and to have that certificate to be proof of that direct connection to mm -hmm. out there where they long to be just some sense of normalcy and a part of. Yep. So it was mm -hmm. good. I expect to see probably more letters here coming in. What moved me though, was the letters that I just got this last week. Mm -hmm. Some of the students that wrote to me were writing to me on Christmas day. When that you're behind you. bars, Christmas Day, especially, and I mean, some of the other holidays too, but it's tough, you know, because imagine. you know, everybody's out there doing their own thing, celebrating with family. Yeah. You're missing out on another year. You're missing out on pictures. You're missing out on memories because of choices that you made. Right. And so that's, you know, it's always a very tense day sure. around some of those holidays sure. like that. Um, you know, just That's emotions run real high mm -hmm. in jail and prison. So to have them sitting there writing me a letter on Christmas Day, yeah, just saying, hey, we want to participate with this. This is how we did participate and just sharing a little bit of their story. I just hope that they are blessed immensely. So keep students of ours that are in jail and prison right now, keep them in your prayers. It's tough sometimes behind bars. I, can, I, and, um, I can't imagine. Yeah. I try, but I think without the actual physical experience of yeah. not being able to remove yourself from a situation that yeah. quickly becomes awful, I my mind can't wrap around it. And I think a lot of me doesn't want to even mm. try to wrap my mind what that feels like because I feel things and I don't want to feel that kind yeah. of Yep, but yep. we need to remember those in prison. I think somebody yep. we all know said something about that. I think maybe his name was Jesus. Oh, man. Man, it does sound familiar, doesn't it? I know. It? He's so convicting sometimes. All right. Well, I'm going to say a quick prayer, and we are going to get started in Matthew. We uh, are. We got, we're talking about some supper here. We sure are. Hence uh, the bread. Father God, thank you so much for this opportunity to serve you by just sitting down, reading a little bit of the Bible, hanging out with some people online, and hopefully just giving people a little bit of hope and uh, just sharing some stories and giving people encouragement for the journey, letting people know that they're not doing this alone. So come alongside us today as we read and uh, soften the hearts of whoever's listening right now to just hear what you have to say to them. Mm -hmm. I ask this all in your holy name. I pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. You're welcome. Yes. 
All right. So we are in Matthew 26, I believe, right? We are. And I'm going to be starting at verse 17. Now we are reading again out of the message version Bible. This is going to sound different than what you're likely used to. If you're brand new to Mm -hmm. the podcast, since we just started the live thing, we know we're going to be hitting some people that we maybe haven't uh, had before. So if you're brand new to the, the Message Version Bible, it's a paraphrase of the mm-hmm. Bible. It was written by a man uh, named Eugene Peterson. He passed away a few years ago, right. but he beautifully and skillfully rewrote the Bible in basically what is the language of the day. So right. you'll hear the flavor maybe of some verses you may have heard over mm-hmm. and over again, but it definitely does give things a little different context. We always love using the NIV version here. We have the ESV version here. So we the reference- The American Standard. We've got yeah, so many we different We reference multiple but... versions. This podcast is just mm-hmm. focused on reading through the message version. It's conversational. We like going back and forth mm-hmm. with it in this. Just That's just a different feel. Right. I've always enjoyed this when it comes to people that may not be that familiar with particular things because it says things in a way that they will understand. And like you said, we've got all the other stuff to reference and check and everything else, but I'm all about whatever Bible gets your nose in the Bible, the Spirit can handle it. So amen to that. All right, we're going to start <laughs> reading then. So right. Matthew 26, starting at 17. On the first of the days of unleavened bread, the disciples came to Jesus and said, Where do you want us to prepare your Passover meal? And he said, Enter the city. Go up to a certain man and say, The teacher says, My time is near. I and my disciples plan to celebrate the Passover meal at your house. The disciples followed Jesus' instructions to the letter and prepared the Passover meal. I read that and I can imagine someone knocking on my door, letting me know that Mm. (laughs) they're going to be using my home to prepare a meal. And I'd be like, okay. After sunset, he and the 12 were sitting around the table. During the meal, he said, I have something hard but important to say to you. One of you is going to hand me over to the conspirators. They were stunned and then began to ask one after another, it isn't me, is it, master? Jesus answered, The one who hands me over is someone I eat with daily, one who passes me food at the table. Mm -hmm. In one sense, the Son of Man is entering into a way of treachery well marked by the Scriptures. No surprises here. In another sense, that man who turns him in turns traitor to the Son of Man. Better never to have been born than to do this. Mm. Then Judas already turned traitor, said, It isn't me, is it, Rabbi? Jesus said, Don't play games with me, Judas. Hmm. Oh, it just... I know. (laughs) During the meal, Jesus took and blessed the bread, broke it, and gave it to his disciples. I think about this, and he is hours from the cross. Yeah. And... Bear that in mind when you take communion. Bear in mind those words we hear over and over and over. Jesus spoke this just prior to his death on the cross Mm. within hours, (laughs) knowing fully what was going to happen. Us in our human nature. mm. So he said, take, eat. This is my body. And taking the cup and thanking God, he gave it to them. Drink this, all of you. This is my blood. God's new covenant poured out for many people for the forgiveness of sins. 
I'll not be drinking wine from this cup again until that new day when I'll drink with you in the kingdom of my father. They sang a hymn and went directly to Mount Olives. Then Jesus told them, Before the night's over, you're going to fall to pieces because of what happens to me. There is a scripture that says, I'll strike the shepherd, dazed and confused, the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I, your shepherd, will go ahead of you, leading the way to Galilee. Peter broke in. Even if everyone else falls to pieces on account of you, I won't. Don't be so sure, Jesus said. This very night, before the rooster crows up the dawn, you will deny me three times. Peter protested, even if I had to die with you, I would never deny you. All the others said the very same thing. Mm. And we'll leave it there, but I find it very interesting that a portion of this chapter that's titled The Traitor in here starts with Judas, but it ends with Peter and his, I'm not going to deny you. I would never deny you. So it's like Jesus right at the end is getting denied and turned in. There was a quick pause here with Eugene Peterson and it's titled Taken, Blessed, Broken, and Given. Mm. The focal point or the focal event of Jesus's work of salvation was sacrifice. The four verbs that he used at the Last Supper put salvation into action every time we sit down to a meal. Notice the verbs in the text. During the meal, Jesus took and blessed the bread. He broke it, and then he gave it to his disciples. The words are words of sacrifice. We deliberately set ourselves in God's presence at the Lord's Supper so that we might become like Jesus. Our lives, like his, are to be sacrificially lived, taken, blessed, broken, and given to others. I'm sitting here trying to figure out how to gather some thoughts on on some of these things, but I just found myself so moved talking about and hearing about Jesus. I do have a question for the end of this. In regards to the Last Supper, If let's just picture for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, let's say you were at the Last Supper. What thoughts or emotions might you have had sitting there? You don't really know it's the Last Supper. But I don't think that the disciples no. there knew. And again, up until the end, they truly thought that Jesus was going to take over the throne and sit there as a king and rule. Like they talk about in one ear and out the other. They just, I mean, honestly, they make me feel so much better because they're amazing, beloved people used by God, but yeah. they didn't hear nothing. <laughs> they were with him. <laughs> And I can't imagine Jesus' holy exasperation with like, oh my goodness, let me try it this way. But how about this one? How does the idea of Jesus sharing a meal with his friends before a major event like this resonate with you personally? Hmm. I have thoughts on that for myself and how that makes me feel because love, I know you as love a, people through food. But this has nothing to do with no, that. No, I, I imagine 
If I knew that I had just hours left to live, mm -hmm. that's not what I would have spent my time doing. I need to be by myself. I need to prepare. I'm human. I don't have the divine. I'm sure. just human. Yeah. And to calmly talk about these things. Mm -hmm. Those things were going to happen. Those yeah. weren't just, it wasn't just idle table conversation because you need to fill the silence. Yeah. He's telling them exactly this is going to happen. But the fact that it all fulfills scripture. I love how Jesus used scripture to say, I am really him. Are you not hearing this? Mm -hmm. Are you not, what are, what are you not understanding? But yeah. our minds are so small to hold the divine wisdom. So yeah. I know mine is. All right. I'm going to be heading over to Romans now. All See right. what Paul's up to. Oh, Romans Paul's chapter 10. Paul's always up to something. He's, he's up. up. He's up firecracker he usually does have some pretty good stuff up his sleeve let's see what he's up to here today so this is romans chapter 10 again out of the message versions believe me friends all i want for israel is what's best for israel salvation nothing less i want it with all of my heart and pray to god for it all the time i readily admit that the jews are impressively energetic regarding god but they are doing everything exactly backward. They don't even seem to realize that this comprehensive setting things right that is salvation is God's business and a most flourishing business it is. Right across the street, they set up their own salvation shops and noisily peddle their knockoffs. After all these years of refusing to really deal with God on his terms, insisting instead on making their own deals, they have nothing to show for it. The earlier revelation was intended to simply get us ready for the Messiah, who then puts everything right for those who trust him to do it. Moses wrote that anyone who insists on using the law code to live right there before God soon discovers it's not so easy, and every detail of life regulated by fine print. But trusting God to shape the right living in us is a different story. Mm. No precarious climb up to heaven to recruit the Messiah. No dangerous descent into hell to rescue the Messiah. So what exactly was Moses saying? The word that saves is right here. As near as the tongue in your mouth. As mm. close as the heart <laughs> in your chest. It's the word of faith that welcomes God to go yes. in and to go to work and set things right for us. This is the core of our preaching. Say the welcoming word to God. Jesus is my master. Embracing body and soul, God's work of doing in us what he did in raising Jesus from the dead. That's it. You're not doing anything. You're simply calling out to God, trusting him to do it for you. That is salvation. With your whole being, you embrace God, setting things right. And then you say it right out loud. God has set everything right between him and me. Scripture reassures us. No one who trusts God like this, heart and soul, will ever regret it. It's exactly the same, no matter what a person's religious background may be. The same God for all of us, acting the same incredibly generous way to everyone who calls out for help. Everyone who calls help God gets help.
But how can people call for help if they don't know who to trust? And how can they know who to trust if they haven't heard of the one who can be trusted? Mm. And how can they hear if no one tells them? And how is anyone going to tell them unless someone is sent to do it? That's why scripture exclaims, a sight to take your breath away. Grand processions of people telling all the good things of God. But not everybody is ready for this, ready to see and hear and act. Isaiah asked what we all ask at one time or another. Does anybody care, God? Is anyone listening and believing a word of it? The point is, before you trust, you have to listen. But unless Christ's word is preached, there is nothing to listen to. But haven't there been plenty of opportunities for Israel to listen and understand what's going on? Plenty, I'd say. Preachers' voices have gone around the world, their message to the earth's seven seas. So the big question is, why didn't Israel understand that she had no corner on this message? Moses had it right when he predicted, when you see God reach out to those you consider your inferiors, outsiders, you will become insanely jealous. When you see God reach out to people that you think are religiously stupid, you will throw temper tantrums. Isaiah dared to speak out these words of God. People found and welcomed me who never so much as looked for me. And I found and welcomed people who had never even asked about me. <laughs> then he capped it with a damning indictment. Day after day, I beckoned Israel with open arms and got nothing for my trouble but cold shoulders and icy stares. <laughs> and that, friends, is the end of Romans 10, I do have a pause from yeah. Eugene Peterson, and then we'll go into talking because I, I can see you over there. <laughs> you are just ready. <laughs> oh, I can't wait to hear oh, this pause. Oh, so good. All right, so here we go. It's called Simple, Not Easy. Note what this confession of faith contains specifically. So you're asked to confess that Jesus is your master and to believe that God raised him from the dead. This confession isn't theologically sophisticated. It's not like asking, do you believe in the inerrancy of scripture or in the hypostatic yes. union or in pre-millennialism? It's all very simple, but it isn't at all easy. It's simple because there's nothing complicated about what needs to be said or done. But it's not easy, for it involves a lifelong struggle to trust and obey. All the same time, we ought to never confuse the issue because it's not easy. We sometimes think it's complicated, but it's not. It's as simple as, do you believe that God raised Jesus from the dead? And do you confess that Jesus is the master of your life? If a creed is the master of your life, it will change some things. If Christ is the master, it will change Ev everything, or more accurately, he will change everything. So that last line again, if a creed is the master of your life, 
it will change some things. If Christ is the master, it will change everything. Or more accurately, he will change everything. And that, friends, is the end of the reading on Romans 10. <laughs> oh, my wife, how are you? I'm so good. We have been talking about this all week. I know. And we haven't even read ahead to, uh -uh. but that's literally been a topic of ours this last week. I know that my next sermon is that, mm. that chapter. I really loved those sermon. verses towards the end. People found me and welcomed me who never so much as yeah. looked for me. And I found and welcomed people who had never even asked about I me. I know. Think about that and how big God is and how big heaven is. Right? It's Heaven's so not this big. exclusionary God good old boys so, club. His oh. love <laughs> is so big. And I am pleading with people who may hang on to some beliefs called election and reprobation. And what that is quite simply, and it's how I was brought up, I believed that a very small number of people were saved before creation, before their birth, that God created specifically to save and everybody else, no matter what, was going to help. Nothing you can do about it. When you're brought up in things like that, you believe what you're told. You hear it as a kid and grow up all through it. I can't describe to you if you're one of the people that may be in a church that holds that belief, and I know that you hold it sincerely and you believe in it fully, but I want to challenge you gently and with all the love that my heart can hold. I can promise you sincerely, if you truly confess with your mouth that you love Jesus, that if you confess and promise that you want to live your life mm. for Jesus, you belong to Jesus. Mm. You are forgiven. You are beloved. You are welcomed. It Part does not family. matter what anything happened before. Nothing that happened before is even seen. It's only after. And I know that because I got to live that moment. There is freedom in Jesus, the likes of which you will never comprehend when you live in that legalistic and wrong teaching. And I want the joy for you like I have. It has become something that I'm just so almost desperate to share with people who remain where I came from because the further that I'm from it and the more that I'm immersed in, yeah. in Jesus, the real Jesus in my beautiful life with Jesus right now, the more desperate I feel for them to know this. They need to know this because they don't know Jesus. Yeah, They're, they're being manipulated with fear and you're going to be disciplined. You're going to be excommunicated if you question. And that's not of Jesus because the Jesus that we just read about is a Romans 10 Jesus. Mm. Yeah. Confess and believe. And it's yours. It's right All there waiting it. for you. It's not a complicated thing. Now, dedicating your life to it, that's hard. But God's never far from you, and it doesn't matter how many times you fall down. He's going to be right there helping you back up. Yeah. 
But all you have to do is yes, say, I want Jesus. I claim Jesus as my own and I give my life to him. And I promise you freedom and joy that you have never even begun to experience will be yours. And now I'll step off my sermon. But <laughs> that is going to be my next message I give is going to be on that chapter. My mind is often, often yeah. racing. I felt joy the whole mm. way through, just absolute joy. And thank you, Eugene, for saying, if your foundation is on creeds, you're only getting a tiny bit. Mm -hmm. Because at the end of the day, it has to be all God. Yeah. hundred percent. So good. <laughs> now we are going to be rewinding back to Psalms and you're reading mm -hmm. Psalm chapter 63. 63 it is. We'll get right to it. So I have not read ahead and I'm hoping because I'm on this emotional high, I could start crying. The Psalms do that to me. God, you're my God. I can't get enough of you. I've worked up such hunger and thirst for God traveling across dry and weary deserts. Oh boy. <laughs> <sighs> sorry. Actually, I'm not sorry. Emotion should be part of reading. And this chapter is like, this has been my experience. So here I am in the place of worship, eyes open, drinking in your strength and glory, in your generous love. I am really living at last. My lips brim praises like fountains, and I bless you every time I take a breath. My arms wave like banners of praise to you. I eat my fill of prime rib and gravy. I smack my lips. It's time to shout praises. I'm sleepless at midnight. I spend the hours in grateful reflection because you've always stood up for me. I'm free to run and play. I hold on to you for dear life. And you hold me steady as a post. Mm -hmm. Those who are out to get me are marked for doom, marked for death, bound for hell. They'll die violent deaths. Jackals will tear them limb from limb, but the king is glad in God. His true friends spread the joy while small-minded gossips are gagged for good. Mm. So something to think about, and this is for you or for our listeners, what are the dry and weary lands that are in your life where you seek God's presence? So what are those dry and weary lands? And the other one was, when have you felt a deep thirst or longing for something more in life, like the psalmist? So when have you thought, man, there's got to be something more to this? There is something more. Yeah. There is. Hence the reason I'm just weeping. <laughs> that whole thing. I'm so glad there were some questions there so I could regroup. And yeah. I know I say I'm sorry. I am not sorry for tears that I shed when we're reading because I get hit so hard in all the feels. And I very intentionally invite the spirit into this space when we're reading. And I am left speechless at times 
at how God speaks to me when we're reading and I don't read ahead so I don't know what's coming and there's something about that's better. I think so too. So thank you for oh, dealing absolutely. with me through my tears. So. You are so good. I guess we're going to be going all the way back now. We're going to be ending the day in Deuteronomy. So stick with us. That, we we make Deuteronomy fun. So <laughs> <laughs> if you haven't heard Robert with the name, I'm not saying I do any better, but this poor man has had so many Old Testament names. I'm just glad I don't get raided by. Oh, know. if you're expecting a, a, a mall child, we may have some name options for you in I'm some sure of these if, Old Testament readings. If if some of these people were alive, I would probably be getting some letters in the mail. Listen, that's bro. not how we say it. Yeah. You're butchering this. So anyway, we're going to be ending in Deuteronomy 4 and 5. So I'll be starting out here. Deuteronomy 4. Now listen, Israel, listen carefully to the rules and the regulations that I am teaching you to follow so that you may live and enter and take possession of the land that God, the God of your fathers, is giving to you. Don't add a word to what I command you and don't remove a word from it. Keep the commands of God, your God, that I am commanding you. You saw with your own eyes what God did at Baal Peor, how God destroyed from among you every man who joined in the Baal Peor orgies. But you, the ones who held tight to God, your God, are alive and well, every one of you today. So pay attention. I'm teaching you the rules and the regulations that God commanded me so that you may live by them in the land that you are entering to take up ownership. Keep them. Practice them. You'll become wise and understanding. When people hear and see what's going on, they'll say, What a great nation! So wise! So understanding! We've never seen anything like it! Yes. What other great nation has gods that are intimate with them the way that God, our God, is with us? always ready to listen to us. And what other great nation has rules and regulations as good and fair as this revelation that I'm setting before you today? Just make sure that you stay alert. Keep close watch over yourselves. Don't forget anything of what you've seen. Don't let your heart wander off. Stay vigilant as long as you live. Teach what you've seen and heard to your children and grandchildren. The day when you stood before God, your God at Horeb, God said to me, assemble the people in my presence and listen to my words so that they will learn to fear me in holy fear as long as they live on the land. And then they will teach these same words to their children. You gathered, you stood in the shadow of the mountain. The mountain was ablaze with fire, blazing high into the very heart of heaven. You stood in deep darkness and thick clouds. God spoke to you out of the fire. You heard the sound of words, but you saw nothing. No form, only a voice. He announced his covenant, the ten words by which he commanded you to live. And then he wrote them down on two slabs of stone. And God commanded me at that time to teach you these rules and regulations that you are to live by in the land you are crossing over into the Jordan to possess. You saw no form on the day that God spoke to you at Horeb from out of the fire. Remember that, 
Carefully guard yourselves so that you don't turn corrupt and make a form, carving a figure that looks like male or female, or looks like a prowling animal or a flying bird or a slithering snake or a fish in a stream. And also carefully guard yourselves so that you don't look up into the skies and see the sun and moon and stars and all the constellations of the skies and be seduced into worshiping and serving them. God set them out for everybody's benefit everywhere. But you? God took you right out of the iron furnace, out of Egypt, to become the people of his inheritance. And that's what you are this very day. But God was angry with me because of you and the things that you said. He swore that I would never cross the Jordan. I'd never enter the land, the good land, that God, your God, is giving you as an inheritance. This means that I am going to die here. I'm not crossing the Jordan, but you will cross. You will possess the good land. So stay alert. Don't for a minute forget the covenant which God, your God, made with you. And don't take up with any carved images, no forms of any kind. God, your God, issued clear commands on that. God, your God, is not to be trifled with. He is a consuming fire, a jealous God. When the time comes that you have children and grandchildren put on years and start taking things for granted, if you then become corrupt and make any carved images, no matter what their form, by doing what is sheer evil in God's eyes and provoking his anger, I can tell you right now, with heaven and earth as witness, that it will be all over for you. You'll be kicked off the land that you're about to cross over the Jordan to possess. Believe me, you'll have a very short stay there. You'll be ruined, completely ruined. God will scatter you far and wide. A few of you will survive here and there in the nations that God will drive you. There you can worship your homemade gods to your heart's content. Your wonderful gods of wood and stone that can't see or hear or eat or smell. But even there, if you seek God, your God, you'll be able to find him if you're serious. Looking for him with your whole heart and soul, when troubles come and all of these awful things happen to you in future days, you will come back to God, your God, and listen obediently to what he says. God, your God, is above all a compassionate God. In the end, he will not abandon you. He won't bring you to ruin. He won't forget about the covenant with your ancestors, which he swore to them. Ask questions. Find out what has been going on all these years before you were born. From the day that God created man and woman on this earth, and from the horizon in the east and the horizon in the west, as far back as you can imagine, and as far away as you can imagine, has a great thing as this ever happened? Has anyone ever heard of such a thing? Has a people ever heard, as you did, a God speaking out of the middle of a fire and lived to tell the story? Or has a God ever tried to select for himself a nation from within a nation using trials, miracles, and war? Putting his strong hand in, reaching his long arm out, a spectacle awesome and staggering the way that God, your God, did it for you in Egypt while you stood right there and watched. 
you were shown all of this so that you would know that God is well God. He's the only God there is. He's it. He made it possible for you to hear his voice out of heaven to discipline you. Down to earth, he showed you the big fire and again you heard his words, this time out of the fire. He loved your ancestors and chose to work with their children. He personally and powerfully brought you out of Egypt in order to displace bigger and stronger and older nations with you, bringing you out and turning their land over to you as an inheritance. And now it's happening this very day. Know this well then. Take it to heart right now. God is in heaven above. God is on earth below. He is the only God there is obediently live by his rules and commands, which I'm giving you today so that you'll live well and your children after you. Oh, you'll live a long time in the land that God, your God is giving you. Then Moses set aside three towns in the country on the east side of the Jordan to which someone had unintentionally killed a person could flee and find refuge. If the murder was unintentional, and there was no history of bad blood, the murderer could flee to one of these cities and save his life. Bezer was in the wilderness on the tableland for the Reubenites, Ramoth in the Gilead for the Gadites, and Golan in Bashan for the Manassites. This is the revelation that Moses presented to the people of Israel. These are the testimonies and rules and regulations that Moses spoke to the people of Israel after their exodus from Egypt and arrival on the east side of the Jordan in the valley near Beth Peor. It was the country of Sihon, king of Amorites, who ruled from Heshbon. Moses and the people of Israel fought and beat him after they had left Egypt and took his land. They also took the land of Og, king of Bashan. The two Amorite kings held the country on the east of the Jordan from the Aroer, <laughs> on the bank of the brook of Arnon, as far north as the Mount Sion, that is Mount Hermon. All the Arabah plain east of the Jordan and as far south as the Sea of the Arabah, the Dead Sea. Can we just say the Dead Sea <laughs> beneath the slopes of Mount Pisgah? And that, friends, is the end of Deuteronomy chapter 4. There was... Uh, pause here that said emphasis on the word live. So one of the consequences of disobedience is a feeling of defeat and failure. For as long as we're dominated by a guilty conscience, faced with the long record of our moral failures, we are stuck in the past. The strategy of Deuteronomy was to get the people's minds off of the story of their regrettable acts and onto the story of God's redemptive acts. Listen carefully to the rules and regulations, Moses exhorted the people. God isn't interested in your past sins, and he wants you to stop being interested in them too. Get oh, interested can you in say God. That again? Oh, yeah. So <laughs> can say that again, please. I'm going to stop you right there and say that one more time. So listen carefully to the rules and regulations, Moses exhorted the people. God isn't interested in your past sins, mm. and he wants you. To oh. stop being interested in them as well. I like that. <laughs> Get interested in God. 
The really breathtaking narrative is about the ways in which his grace works in you. The really intriguing plot that will keep you on the edge of your seat is the story of salvation, specifically your salvation. Pay attention to that. The God who has saved you has entered into a covenant with you. He doesn't want a robot. He wants a relationship. And in that relationship, he wants to show you how to live fully in the land. Emphasis is on the word live, not to exist, not Mm. to survive, but to live fully, deeply, and my favorite word, exuberantly. I absolutely (laughs) love it. Good stuff. Uh, Sober Christians, man. I just like, oh, can we get some Jesus joy infused in Mm. there? Man, I just don't know how it's impossible for me to live just all sober and whatnot. I have my ups and downs. I'm human in that way. But, oh, man, ever since my moment with Jesus, it has been I get exuberant and excited. (laughs) Exuberant. (laughs) Yeah, I I do. And there's just a happiness and a joy, even when life is not perfect or easy at the moment. I'm still finding that most of the time I just feel this joy as long as I keep looking at my Jesus. All right. So now I'm going to be ending here with Deuteronomy 5. Mm -hmm. There are actually three different pauses. So Eugene Peterson had some stuff to say about Deuteronomy 5. All right. So I'm going to read through Deuteronomy 5. You can read two of these pauses and then I'll do last one there. So we're talking about the law. Oh, how about we do this? Yes. Because I have the pauses and you don't. How about you read Deuteronomy 5? I would be happy to. All right. And then I'll read the pauses. All right. Just let me know when I have to stop. All right. Just the whole chapter. So we'll read chapter five. Here we go. Chapter five. Moses called all Israel together and he said to them, attention, Israel, listen obediently to the rules and regulations I am delivering to your listening ears today. Learn them, live them. God, our God made a covenant with us at Horeb. God didn't just make this covenant with our parents. He made it also with us, with all of us who are alive right now. God spoke to you personally out of the fire on the mountain. At the time I stood between God and you to tell you what God said, you were afraid, remember, of the fire and wouldn't climb the mountain. He said, I am God, your God, who brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of a house of slaves. No other gods, only me. No carved gods of any size, shape, or form of anything, whatever, whether of things that fly or walk or swim, Don't bow down to them and don't serve them because I am God, your God, and I'm a most jealous God. I hold parents responsible for any sins they pass on to their children, to the third and yes, even to the fourth generation. But I'm lovingly loyal to the thousands who love me and keep my commandments. No using the name of God, your God, in curses or silly banter. God won't put up with the irreverent use of his name. I've been really convicted the past couple years on this one. I always have been, but this is a whole different 
No working on the Sabbath. Keep it holy, just as God, your God, commanded you. Work six days, doing everything you have to do, but the seventh day is a Sabbath, a rest day. No work. Not you, your son, your daughter, your servant, your maid, your ox, your donkey, or any of your animals, and not even the foreigner visiting your town. That way, your servants and maids will get the same rest as you. Mm-hmm. Don't ever forget that you were slaves in Egypt, and God, your God, got you out of there in a powerful show of strength. That's why God, your God, commands you to observe the day of Sabbath rest. Respect your father and mother. God, your God, commands it. You'll have a long life. The land that God is giving you will treat you well. No murder, no adultery, no stealing, no lies about your neighbor, no coveting your neighbor's wife, and no lusting for his house, field, servant, maid, ox, or donkey either. Nothing that belongs to your neighbor. These are the words that God spoke to the whole congregation at the mountain. He spoke in a tremendous voice from the fire and cloud and dark mist, and that was it. No more words. Then he wrote them on two slabs of stone and gave them to me. As it turned out, when you heard the voice out of that dark cloud and saw the mountain on fire, you approached me, all the heads of your tribes and your leaders, and said, Our God has revealed to us his glory and greatness. We've heard him speak from the fire today. We've seen that God can speak to humans and they can still live. But why risk it further? This huge fire will devour us if we stay around any longer. If we hear God's voice anymore, we'll die for sure. Has anyone ever known of anyone who has heard the voice of God the way we have and lived to tell this story? From now on, you go and listen to what God, our God, says, and then tell us what God tells you. We'll listen and we'll do it. God heard what you said to me and told me. I've heard what the people said to you. That's right. Good and true words. What I wouldn't give if they'd always feel this way. Continuing to revere me and always keep all of my commands. They'll have a good life forever, they and their children. Go ahead and tell them to go home to their tents. But you, you stay here with me so I can tell you every commandment and all the rules and regulations that you must teach them so they'll know how to live in the land that I'm giving them as their very own. So be very careful to act exactly as God commands you. Don't veer off to the right or the left. Walk straight down the road God commands so that you'll have a good life and live a long time in the land that you're about to possess. Mm. And that is the end of chapter five. I really like the straightforwardness of the message version Bible when yes. it comes to the Ten Commandments. I'm eager to see what I Eugene, know. Me yeah, too. Because there was actually there's four. Ooh, <laughs> this is going to be so. Uh, so buckle up. But, All right. Uh, yeah. There's always some little nuggets of wisdom in here. So this is for the beginning verses here, and it's titled "Love Sets the Boundaries." Mm. Deuteronomy 5 lists the Ten Commandments, which are arranged in two sets of five. The first set puts down the divine conditions, 
Deuteronomy 5, chapter 7 through 16. The second set puts down the human conditions, chapter 5, 17 to 21. The two tablets of the law summarize our relationship with God and with our fellow human beings. And they make love, which is sometimes a vague concept, pointedly specific. Mm. For love isn't a sentimental way of feeling, but a sanctified way of living. Mm. Love sets the boundaries around our relationships with God and with other people. Not to keep us from enjoying those relationships, but so we can enjoy those relationships to the fullest. Mm. So, yeah, that's uh, that was the beginning. Love, of huh? Love. And guess who just joined us? Who? Renee. Renee is here. <laughs> oh, you're amazing. So shout out to Renee. Oh, you know who you are. Yes. And we... your dog is super cute. Yeah does have a super cute dog. I know. All right. The next one, talking about the first three commandments. First and foremost is God. Before God tells us what to do, he tells us what he has done. He has saved us from a life of slavery. We're no longer slaves who have no choice in what we do or what we don't do. We're free to say yes or no. Our freedom is a gift of God's salvation. Do we understand this? If so, then we're ready to hear this first word, no other gods, only me. Idols are gods with all the God taken out. It's no wonder that idol making and idol worshiping have always been the most popular religious games in town. For they satisfy our need for spirituality hmm. and at the same time allow us to control our destiny. But God must be first and foremost in our lives. If he isn't, the rest of the commandments really don't make sense. God is the one who gives meaning to us. We do not give meaning to him. We can't give authority to what we're saying by throwing around God's name, no matter how impressive it might sound. All casual, thoughtless, cliched uses of his name, especially among believers, fall under this warning. A primary necessity for living in community is to be reverent with the way that we use language, beginning with the way that we use the word God, and then extending into the way that we use language around the supper table when conversing at parties or while talking on the telephone. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Oh. So. And yeah, that was the end of the second one there. Such good stuff today. Like, it, it I'm really so glad is. you said, let's do this right now. And it's a good Sunday thing. So, oh, my day just, it just gets better and better. I had my grandson over last night and that's a joy for me. Every single time we get to have those little buggers over it and was fun. he's getting so excited. He's got a new baby sister <laughs> that's almost ready to be here. And uh, he spent the night with us yes, last night and he, we found these mm, at Aldi. It yes. was like 49 cents, 49 but it was cents. a whole pack of like to make it your own gingerbread cookies, but they called them ninja bread cookies <laughs> because all they had the little cookie cutter shapes and everything. And all the different ninja poses. And they were poses. all these like little ninja poses. It was so good. It he was thought it was hilarious. Great. He yeah. believes himself at times to be a ninja. So he, he is something else. Man, I love that kid. All right. So now we're going to be talking about the fourth and the fifth commandment. So this is Exodus chapter 5, 12 through 16. This mm -hmm. is what Eugene Peterson 
had to say about this. This is like a little pause that he oh, okay. has in here. So in Exodus, we're told to keep the Sabbath because God kept it. In Deuteronomy, however, we're told that keeping the Sabbath is a matter of simple justice. It prevents the stronger from exploiting the weaker. Hmm. Everyone is given a day to recover the simple dignity of being themselves in the community without regard to function or status. Even the animals are included. Sabbath breaks the emotional and the physical stranglehold that some have on others, a stranglehold that prevents the free breathing expressions of giving and receiving. Free breathing expressions of giving and receiving free. are restricted by some people? And what human experience is a greater reflection of being children of God than being children of parents? We're introduced to giving honor to God, whom we cannot see, by honoring parents whom we can see. The command to honor parents anchors the commands to honor God in the concrete realities of everyday life. Mm. And that was the third one. And okay. now the fourth goes into the last five. This is okay. uh, commandment six through 10. All here. Right. So we don't simplify our lives by simply getting rid of other lives, no matter how inconvenient or impossible <laughs> they may seem to us. <laughs> No. Are we talking murder here? <laughs> All of a sudden it dawned on uh, me what that meant. Yeah, so. this, this took a very dark turn real quickly. Well, there goes those plans. So, <laughs> yeah. so no matter how inconvenient or impossible they may seem to mm. us, no person can be expelled from the membership by a vote of the membership and certainly not by some act of individual violence. Like life itself, marriage is also sacred and inviolable. Sexual intimacy is a part of vowed togetherness. For however private the intimacies are between husband and wife, there is a public dimension to them as well. And they are not only to be respected by the community, they are to be protected as well. Mm. Things are sacred and inviolable too. The things of this world, from well-cultivated gardens to wetlands, from sprawling suburbias to inner cities, from pedigrees to strays, are gifts to the community that each of mm. us is responsible for keeping and tending. The things of this world aren't up for grabs for the strongest or the stealthiest, mm. for the most cunning or the most coercive, for the wisest or the wealthiest. They are all sacred things of which we are all stewards. That's convicting. Mm. Words are also sacred and inviolable. Words used about our neighbors or to our neighbors are as sacred as those that we use about God or to God. Mm. Language is the community's lifeblood. Lies are like leukemia, weakening every, weakening every part of the body and eventually destroying it. Unedifying talk is as sacrilegious as outright lies and just as destructive. So is empty talk and enraged talk. Words are sacred. So are the people who speak them. And so are the people who hear them. The final command, no coveting, is against a certain inner disposition, wanting what belongs to another, desiring what I don't have, rather than appreciating what I do have. 
to covet, to fantasize about a life other than the one that has been given to me. When we covet other people or things, it isn't long before we're scheming to get them and then stealing to get them, even murdering to get them. Covetousness is a silent infestation in a community. Vigilance is required by everyone in the community if it is to survive and remain a safe and secure place in which to live. Good stuff. Yeah, and that, friends, is the end of all of Deuteronomy 5. We did and it. all of the, the, stuff. <laughs> the stuff, the extra stuff. And now we don't sound like we're professional. <laughs> <laughs> all oh. of the pauses by late Eugene Peterson. Okay. Okay. Does the that stuff. sound better? No. Yeah. I don't know, but this was a lot of fun and I enjoyed it. Mistakes and all, and even glimpses into raw realness. And part of that makes it better. I think I know I appreciate that from other people. I'll never hide from people if I'm mm. moved or. Sure something particularly struck me is just today every single thing we read had something in it that just really made an impression on me it's been a good day it has been a good day yeah and uh, yeah thinking about the community aspect like that we can get really wrapped up in what we want things to look like or but it's so easy humans tend yeah. to get this idea in mind of this is going to be this and this is going to be this and then it's going to look like this and this and this and when monkey wrenches come along it can turn everything into a tailspin. But if you've trusted God with it mm. and understood <laughs> at the end of the day, that plan that's been begun in you will continue. It didn't derail it. Yeah, It didn't change it. Maybe God needs to move you to where he needs you to be because that's what he did to me. I had so many monkey wrenches incoming to my life. You would have thought I would have figured it out a lot sooner. <laughs> I either took one upside the head or dodged them or Both whatever. Both of us have taken a few monkey wrenches oh, upside my the head. goodness. And then all of a sudden when the light comes on and I'm like, you mean it's that simple? Mm. But I needed to be pared down. Yeah. And boy, did I get pared down. There wasn't anything left to pair. That's how far God allowed me to go, but he didn't allow me to fall. Yeah. Not everybody needs all the monkey wrenches like I did. I did for my particular situation and for reasons I so clearly see now. And I can be thankful for the time now because there was a lot of unlearning that needed to be done before he could fill me up. Yeah. And boy, has he ever, my poor husband gets to live with <laughs> With the Jesus joy revved up to a million sometimes. Oh, yeah. Well, but, and yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm happy to be along for the ride. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Life is good. It is good. Happy. One thing I want to say before yes. we end, and you can uh, chime in here too, but okay. uh, coming up here in a week, oh, Heidi yes. is going to be starting her online and in-person support groups through her uh, yes, organization do. called wellfed.love. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking mm -hmm. for it online, it is www.wellfed.love. Yes. It's not a .com. We decided to go all lovey-dovey. I went with love because, <laughs> because that is it's what it comes down to. It is what it comes down to. In so, so many ways. We are going to have some resources available mm -hmm. online. If you're interested in that, please reach out to us. We are not hard to find. No, we don't um, hide. And we'll have video resources available, some podcast mm -hmm. stuff. We'll have 
another booklet, like PDF type stuff that yes. will be handed out as well. So you, I'll let you take the Right. Well fed at love. When you start into these adventures, you don't know what the right way of doing things is, what's the best route to take and looks. Me being me, I had a certain way in mind, which I'm like, this feels so good to me. This is how I want it to be. And I tried to make it fit into that and God very gently, but quickly kept nudging me said, no, I really need you to revamp it and it needs to be more like this. So I have developed a 24 week completely online program as far as when I say completely online, all the resources every day, five days a week, you're going to get video and written information and resources for this class. There's also going to be social media aspects that will go right along with that topic for the week. The 24 weeks is broken down into 12 topics. I take two weeks on each topic. What I found in my life, and because it worked so well for me, and trust me, I was far gone. <laughs> I found that a week on a new idea or concept that I tried to implement wasn't enough time. I was by mm -hmm. the end of the week yeah. grasping that concept, and then I have to move on to another. We do two weeks. And for me, that made it a lot easier to implement into my life. I was already halfway to making it a habit, and it was a little easier to continue. So I'm going to be doing that Monday through Friday for 20 weeks. And then every day I'm going to have, you know, like I said, the videos and the written things. But on Wednesday nights, if you're within driving distance of Greenville or Belding, we meet in Belding at New Hope Church of God. It's on the corner of Belding Road in 91, and we meet from 630 to 8. I'm going to keep pretty close reins on that time to be respectful of everybody's time. So if you're able to, come join us on Wednesday nights starting at 630. We're going to discuss that topic, and it will be a time of sharing your difficulties and your triumphs, celebrating the journey all together. I firmly believe that we are not meant to do life on our own. We are meant to do it in community. That's why yeah. God built a family. Amen. He didn't build an individual. He built a family. And too often, so many of us are out here feeling like an island unto ourselves in this sea of people. And I want that to be changed. We should be there for each other in the hard things of life. There will be sharing that will happen along the way. Some of it will be deeply intimate and personal, but I strive to make this a very safe place and privacy is guarded fiercely if mm -hmm. you come meet in person. Yep. But I invite you to check out the website and get yourself uh, signed up for this 24 weeks. I promise you'll enjoy the journey, even if you're going to have days you won't be that happy with me because it it's hard to turn your introspect deep sometimes, but it's necessary and it does lead to a life that is joyful in all circumstances. And I'm living proof of that. I'm mm. really excited to start that and hope you at least check it out. And this is no charge. No charge. Right. I will not charge a fee for this. I have developed some little sideline hustles, so to speak. <laughs> um, and we do accept, you do accept donations. I do accept and donations, there have, for there sure. There have been a few people yes. that have 
been very gracious have with been us. Beautiful. Uh, but then we also yes. have a couple little side things, like mm-hmm. Heidi was saying, is hip bows. Yes. So if uh, you're looking for us to up your style game in some mm-hmm. way, bow we, ties, hairband yeah. bows, I can make pet accessory bows also out mm-hmm. of those. And we take donated ties, mm-hmm. like old grandpa ties. And then she works her magic back here, (laughs) chops them up, throws some leather on them, some other stuff, and just makes a very unique, one of a kind. (laughs) I love how you describe the process of doing it. You just chuck this at it and that at it. A little bit of magic. Yeah. I love the creative process. It I sit with them and imagine them and build them, finding things that coordinate and go together and change up the look to make it fresh and contemporary. But it's really more than that. It, it is, is about the story of transformation mm-hmm. inside of that, too. It and that's uh, what drives that. So all proceeds go to benefit your ministry. Yes. And that's, yeah, I think it's beautiful what you do with the ties. And mm, we just got you. done doing some great thank bow ties you. for a wedding. Oh, and I can't wait. Till I know, she and she hasn't them. even opened them I yet. know she's not going to until the <laughs> wedding day, but I love them. And I have no concerns at all. I was so happy with that. And another thing that I have just developed because I love a good puzzle. Yes, she does. I just do. So One of of the things that was a late Christmas gift, but we found it on Facebook Marketplace (laughs) and we got a puzzle board with drawers and Oh, you would have thought that I won a million dollars. I'm an old soul at heart. I love old fashioned crosswords. I like working a jigsaw puzzle and I really like to sew and yet I'm a crazy kooky little nut that <laughs> just living <laughs> her best life and enjoying it but if you feel inclined or led to check out puzzles or perhaps see what's on the hippo store because there's a lot of fun little the ties all come with fun descriptions so yeah. feel free to enjoy reading through there yep. go to hippos.com yes, yes. Yeah. Um, or just a donation it would be greatly appreciated. We've prayed long and hard over my ministry and what it would look like. And we both have agreed together that providing this at no cost to people, I don't ever want finance to stand in the way of somebody getting help that they so desperately need. The reason that sits heavy on me and I'm gonna stand strong on that one is because I was that person. I needed help so badly, but I did not have funds to pay for somebody to listen to me. So I'm inviting you to come into a space that is free of charge where not only am I sitting there listening to you, I want to be there listening to you. I promise you. I'm not there because I'm getting paid to be there. I am there because my heart has me there. Yeah. And that's it. I've been part of some of those Mm -hmm. uh, groups and uh, they're open to men and women. We all go through stuff. It's yes. not exclusive to one yep, or the this other. Is, and I would love to get more guys to join in. Sure. There's so much that we can learn from each other. If you have trauma, abuse, addiction, anything hurt, like that, loss, any type of hurt, mm-hmm, habit, hang up that you're just trying to yes. get life back on track. That's what this group is all about. Mm-hmm. It's just getting you back on track in a supportive group of people to walk right. with you right. while you're doing that. Yeah, I deconstructed the process it took me to go from broken to the other side where I am just living in joy. 
And I broke that down working in reverse to the front to figure out how in the world did I get from this point to here? What was that process? Mm -hmm. What did I have to do? It's not a complicated course, but some of it was tough because it gets deeply personal with yourself and that's you getting personal with yourself for sure and it's you learning to put your authentic real self out here into the world yeah we need to shed the fake once we start doing that people feel like they belong because it's not this place of perfect put together people it's a group of people that have hurts and pains and trials and struggles and sorrows and loss just all trying to manage life together, but we can do it with joy. And I really want to show you how. And I know you will. <laughs> I'll do my best. You will. So. Yeah. You'll give it the good old college good try. Good old college try. No, so right. now I'm college graduate. <laughs> I can say that. So. Well, friends, we're going to wrap up here. A uh, big shout out to all the people that stuck with us yes. and listened in. We had a uh, few listeners and that's always great. Whether, whether it's just you and me, though, I enjoy sitting I across from you, reading the Bible and just getting into yes. it. Just talking about life. Yeah. If you have a good friend, a relative, significant other, I would encourage you grab them sometime and just back and forth, read through the Bible sometime. Just share your thoughts along the way and learn from each other. Pray for each other. It builds an intimacy that is unusual in this world. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I treasure this time that I have with you when we do this. You said a couple of weeks ago, you were like, I've never read the Bible. Mm -hmm. Like we were on episode 65. 65. And you were like, I've never read the Bible 65 times. Like I've never read the Bible this much with any one person. Right. I've and, read the Bible a lot, sure. but consistently reading it with somebody, I was thrilled about that. And I'm glad that it's a regular part of our routine. It's a beautiful routine. It is. Yes. And I appreciate it too. So friends, thank you for joining along today. I know this was a, a little bit longer episode. We just hung out. We did. Just a hanging we out. We just felt like talking. Hanging out with uh, Renee. Renee did say that she has a puzzle for us. Yes. And she said, it's cute. She just can't focus and enjoy a thousand piece puzzle. Oh, perfect girl. I can see if I can in small doses. And I said, well, is 500 more your speed? And she said, probably less. So no problem. I can make that less. I know. So we could probably do a special. Uh, I can hook you up with something special. That would be great. We got one of those wooden 110 puzzles maybe, or like a, those little blocks. I already know what I'd make for her. Okay. I know this girl. Oh, what's going to go on the puzzle? Oh, yeah. Uh oh, it's, it's, yeah, it's not sure. a famous purse with a wig, is it? Mm, oh, no. <laughs> oh, we could get that picture. That'd be great. Oh, my goodness. Renee, we love you, girl. And I'm just going to say Romans 10. Listen to it. I think you'll like it like oh, yeah. I did. Yeah, Romans 10. Message mm -hmm. version. Oh, yeah. Anyway, we got to run. We Friends, this has been great. I hope that you have a great rest of the day yes. and be blessed and be a blessing yes. wherever you're at. I love it. Yeah. See you next time.